I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program reality. Welcome everyone to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Johnny Android, and I'm keeping informed about all that's happening in the metaverse. Quarter episodes live in Altspace every week. You can join us from your PC or VR headset, log into Altspace, join our Simulation Nation channel, and teleport in to offer your opinion, question, or whatever else. Today we have with us a returning guest and one of our favorites, Aunt Athena Demos, co-founder of VRCVR, which is heavily involved in the official Burning Man experience here in Altspace. Athena has returned to talk about how the principles of Burning Man and how they relate to the metaverse. Ladies and gentlemen, grab your tutu for Tutu Tuesdays and give a warm emoji welcome for Athena. There she Woo! is. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much. I love being back here. And I have to say, I love what you did with the place. It's quite yes. spectacular. Absolutely. Thank you. So this, of course, is open for our new world. For those of you who are here, uh, I hope you enjoy it. And for those of you who are seeing this on YouTube, uh, we are uh, just now sort of Soft release here. Uh, Kaz and Christy uh, over here are the two masterminds, the incredible talents uh, behind this world. They've made the Synthwave logo and the Synthwave style come to life all around us. We're essentially on a space shot traveling through the simulation on the way to Simulation City, and uh, we're pretty stoked about it. So thank you so much, guys. <laughs> and, uh, it's pretty awesome. And we're going to have, we've had Kaz on this stage before. We're going to have Christy on this stage in a, in a couple. Uh, a couple months, so uh, look out for that. Um, and so maybe you could explain for us, uh, uh what you've got uh, around your waist here. Yes, so I am wearing a tutu. Today is a very, very special Tutu Tuesday because, and it will never happen again in our lifetime, it is two, 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 two. It is February, which is two, the 22nd of the 22nd year. So we have two, 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 two Tuesdays uh, here on it, out, it fell on a Tuesday. So that's absolutely a coincidence, um, but we're going to put meaning to it because that's, that's what we do. Absolutely. So if anyone here doesn't yet have their tutu, but if, if we can only see the audience, Andy's looking great in his tutu designer, Tracy, it fits perfectly with her outfit. Patty Irishman, and uh, he's got a good one there as well. Trinka and Behaven, and everyone's got one. Anyone who doesn't have one, go ahead and grab it. Alan, there's a tutu waiting for you over there. Uh, please do grab it. Right in the back mine, of the room. Buy this, buy the spawn point. Get yourself this nice, pretty little fashionable tutu made by Nira. She designed these uh, these fashion statements that we have here for BRCBR, and now we get to wear them on this two, 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 two Tuesday. Absolutely, absolutely. Say that 10 times fast. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> that's, a, that's a tricky one. <laughs> um, yeah, so, 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 so Athena, we're so glad to have you back. You were here, the last time you were here was during uh, Burning Man. You were in the middle mm -hmm. of this insane tornado, and uh, we were so thankful that you took time out of your insane schedule to come and talk to us. And, and here we are again. I don't know. Do you have downtime or is it always crazy in the world? <laughs> I don't I don't really have downtime. Um, I, you know, that's not true. I actually give myself downtime. I try to meditate every day and uh, I, I love doing um, uh, Supernatural. It's my workout. Uh, oh, so wow. I'm in the headset for it. 
Um, and I do take time to go on adventures. I just got back from a pretty wild one. I, uh, I went to Antarctica. Oh, yeah. If, if by the way, if, it, if anyone doesn't follow Athena's, uh, uh, Instagram account, she has some incredible photos in there of all of her, uh, amazing travels. Uh, please go check that out. But, um, yeah. So what, uh, brought you to Antarctica and what'd you do there? So Antarctica was a really uh, special trip. I'm an umbrophile. That's a person who chases solar eclipses. And there was a total solar eclipse off the coast of Antarctica uh, that I had been planning to go to for three years. And with COVID, I mean, I had already reserved my place on the ship. And with the um, with COVID and all the cancellations, I was just sort of on pins and needles this whole time watching this all unfold. And I wasn't actually sure if the trip was going to happen. And thankfully, it did. And I was able to get on the ship. And I spent 20 days uh, in Antarctica surprisingly on a ship that actually didn't have any cases of COVID. We all came from all over the world. Um, and there were lots of ships that did. So we were just very fortunate, very, very fortunate. Um, and it was amazing. Lots of penguins. I saw almost every type of penguin and uh, went to South Georgia Island, went to the peninsula, saw the solar eclipse. It was, it was overcast as it normally is in the area where the eclipse happened. But what was amazing is that the entire time we were there, it was 24 hours of daylight. We had no night. So the only night that we had was the one hour and uh, one hour, one minute and 37 seconds of the solar eclipse when it got dark. And it was dark, dark, dark. The only thing you could see was everybody's cell phone. Because it's just like, turn off your phone. It's a solar eclipse. But whatever. People had their phones on and they wanted to take pictures of themselves in the dark. Um, and so that that is what it is. But but it was an amazing experience. And I highly recommend that if you have the means and you can go, uh, go to Ushuaia, which is the southernmost city in on the planet. Uh, to the southern tip of Argentina and then get on a ship and go to Antarctica. And I would recommend sooner rather than later because the uh, glacier melt is actually speeding up exponentially um, every year. Yeah, that's kind of terrifying to think that it may not be there or it's shrinking in its land mass size. And yeah, that. it's really, really shrinking wild. in its land in its land mass uh, quite quickly. Right. Yeah, I was there at the end of November and there was supposed to be a lot more ice than what was there. And there were these beautiful, epic glacier waterfalls that weren't really supposed to happen until closer to Christmas. So we, I was on a ship with a lot of marine biologists and uh, astrophysicists and lots of scientists because I was on an expedition. And uh, everyone kept on saying, like, we shouldn't have this many whales down here at this time. We shouldn't have this many waterfalls. We should, it was a lot of, it shouldn't be happening like this, uh, this early. So it was a lot of that type of talk uh, going on. But yeah. we had a lot of wildlife. We had a lot of whales. Um, I saw a blue whale. That is a big creature, very big creature. Yeah. We saw humpbacks, um, giant pod of pilot whales with a... Um, fur seal hanging out with them. Uh, it's safer because then uh, they don't get eaten by killer whales because killer whales won't go after pilot whales because they're in such a big pod. It's all these interesting things that you learn when you're on an expedition ship. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, like I said, so please everyone go check out. I guess you're on Twitter as well, probably. So maybe you post pictures there, but Instagram. Actually, sure. I'm not. That's a funny uh, thing. Yeah. So the um, I just need to start a new Twitter account. I had some problems with Twitter and they locked me out and I just never got around to starting it back up. But you can find me on Instagram at Athena.demos. And you can find me on Facebook and you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm in all those uh, places. You can find me here in alt space. And I did shoot my entire trip in 360. And uh, that mm. footage is in the process of being edited right now. So hopefully in about a month, I will have a 25 to 30 minute video of the entire Antarctica expedition. Wow. Amazing. Cool. Well, um, it's quite an incredible life you're living. And, uh, you know, I'm curious, you know, one more question before we get on to uh, what we're here to talk about, which is uh, Burning Man, uh, the principles of Burning Man and Metaverse. I'm just curious, you know, you're, 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 you're so involved in virtual reality, you're so involved in Burning Man, and you're traveling the world. So what drives you, Athena? What, what is it that gets you up mm. in the morning and wants to keep you active and doing all these incredible things? All of you. I get up in the morning because of all the creators. I, I'm a muse and it fuels my soul to facilitate the creative process and any way that I can inspire people to learn a new skill and try something new and push the boundaries of what is possible in art, whether it's physical art or digital art. Uh, I just, I love that. And that is a great passion of mine. So all my involvement in Burning Man was in the service of art and artists. And when COVID hit and they needed a community organizer to help bring the community into this virtual space, I, you know, answered that call. And, you know, I have to say at the beginning, I wasn't too into it. I, I it terrified me to be in this box in my, on my face and not attached to nature. I really love backpacking and hiking and enjoying nature. But the more I got into it and met people and saw these amazing worlds that are being created, it inspired me. And, uh, and now I love, I, it's about balance. Life is about balance. I love being in VR. I love the potential of what the metaverse can bring. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. And, and I love being out in nature. So, so like anything in life, you have to find balance. Hey, if that's not a perfect segue. I don't know what it is. So <laughs> thank you for that. So thank you so much for for inviting me to come here and present to all of you a vision that I have of how we can bring these principles, we call them the principles of Burning Man, but truly they're the principles of humanity into the metaverse. And there's some connections that we're gonna, that I'm gonna show to you. And then we're gonna talk about how you envision the metaverse. So we're, the principles of Burning Man are the foundational fabric for creative collaboration within our community. They were written by Larry Harvey, who's the founder of Burning Man, but he wrote them not as like a precedent or a mandate, but as a description of what he already saw the community doing, our behaviors when we're at our best. 
Now, someone that works with him closely, Caveat Magister, he's part of the, one of the founders of Burning Man Philosophical Center, said that the principles help us humanize one another, form community, and generate new art and expression. Now, that right there is the definition of to burn. So burners always talk about we're burning and what does it mean to burn? And that's it. So we can all feel this excitement, right, of the metaverse as it begins to like bubble up into existence before our eyes. But what, what is it? You know, what is the metaverse? So the word metaverse was first coined by Neil Stevenson in his 1992 novel, Snow Crash. He also coined the term avatars. Both of those words first mentioned in this book. Now, most of the time when we think of metaverse, we think of stories like, you know, The Matrix or Ready Player One. Or there's this dystopian future that we're either unknowingly trapped inside or escaping into one. Now, my hope is that we are able to achieve this metaverse without the dystopian future because we completely destroy the earth and I don't want to have that happen. But as we blissfully go into the metaverse on these glittery rainbows, let us keep one foot firmly connected to our glorious planet and take care of her precious beauty and nutritious gifts. This, by the way, is one of my adventures on Iguazu Falls. It's really beautiful there. I do recommend it as well. Also, Argentina. But I didn't answer the question. What is the metaverse? Really? What is it? So there's, there's a definition, there's a, a, a quote that I'd like to present to you that is a, a possible definition. And if you figure out who said this, send up like heart emojis, okay? So the metaverse is a vision that spans many companies, the whole industry. You can think about it as a successor to the mobile internet, and it's certainly not something that any one company is going to build. Do you know who said that? Hmm? No, it's not who I you know. think it is. Do you know who it is? Who, do you, who is it? Who said it? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, you got it. You got it right. Look at that. Mark Zuckerberg. He did. He said it a few times. So whenever, whenever anybody says like, oh, Meta, Facebook, whatever their name is now, is trying to take over the metaverse. No, no, no. He knows. He can't build it. It's going to take all of us. So people have said that what we built with BRCVR was like a metaverse. You know, you have the theme camps and the art installations and the art cars, and you have the the blank playa, which is sort of the fabric that connects it all, and you go into an experience, and Burning Man is just like that. You know, I always felt like Burning Man was a type of physical metaverse. You go into one experience, and you connect with those people, and you're, you're in that world completely immersed, and then you go back out into the dust, and you wander around, and you get on an art car, and now you're in that experience, and that takes you to another experience and portals you over. So it just sort of, it sort of has that, that feeling. But it's formed organically with the help of a little foundational organization and a lot of creative community 
involvement. This is Burn Night 2021. And there's a couple people in the audience right now that are up on that board. I think I see Cause and Christy and uh, uh, Doug is actually there, but he's behind the BRCBR label. And this was us organizing Burn Night. We are all in different instances of the same experience, having unique experiences of our own. And at the very top, you can see that there's a, a, a screen and there are live fire performers with uh, people in avatars watching it while we're watching them. So it was very much that meta type of experience. So the metaverse is a promise of a technological future we all belong to as a community connected together. You know, there's no universally accepted definition for the metaverse, and there was no definition of what the internet ultimately became. So much as the internet is a lowercase i word, metaverse is a lowercase m. So maybe we're asking the wrong question. Maybe it's not, what is the metaverse? But hey, how? How's it going, Heredes? How did you get up here? <laughs> well, hello there. Is there no stage blocker? <laughs> I guess not. I, oh, I guess maybe not. he's got something. Something. To, Thank something you for to joining say. us for a split second. Thank you, indeed. Um, the the question is how? How is the metaverse created? All we can do is agree with intention to a set of attributes we hope will exist in the end, and work towards that much like the principles of Burning Man are the foundational fabric that provide an inspiring place for communities to thrive on. I think we have to start from principles, right? Most of the industry goes wrong when companies focus just on their interests and uh, don't think about the full reciprocity of how, how do I want this to work as a consumer? How do I want this to work as, uh, as Epic? How do I want this to work as a partner of Epic um, or a participant in the, you know, in this new medium. Um, I think we have to look at it from all perspectives and you know, lay out basic foundational principles uh, as opposed to just doing, I think the popular thing now for tech companies is to just do whatever that you think you can get away with. And that doesn't really cut it. Nope, that doesn't really cut it. Couldn't have said it better, Tim. So I regularly host discussions on the principles of Burning Man. I did it for years in Los Angeles, at the Black Rock Desert during Burning Man, and now in VR. In fact, I'm hosting one on March 5th, uh, right here in Altspace, and you're all welcome to come. I'll have a special guest this time with Halcyon. So my question now is how many people, show of emojis, have been to Burning Man, Black Rock Desert? And how many people have been to a regional event or even the LA Decompression Festival, which I produced for 15 years, consider themselves a burner? How many people were at BRCVR in 2020 or 2021? You're a burner. You came. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. This burn counts. Or maybe your social media feed gets kind of quiet for a couple weeks, the end of August, only to flood with pictures from the desert in September. So I yeah, found something we, really interesting. 
Yeah, I was just saying, I was saying, before you get into all of the metaverse uh, parallels, we have a, a bunch of people that would love to ask you some questions or maybe have some comments. Okay. Uh, Yoshido45. Uh, I wanted to ask how you were kind of incorporating the uh, Even No Trace and like, civic responsibilities through Burning Man, kind of how oh. you were incorporating all those principles. That is a great yeah. question and the perfect segue into the next part of the presentation. Perfect. Thank you, Yoshido. Uh, bad Thank you. you Thank you. On. That was perfect. So I didn't know what the metaverse was either. And I started doing a lot of research. And in my research, I came across something that was seemingly familiar to me, but presented in a whole new way. I found Matthew Ball. Now, Matthew Ball is a prolific writer who's been writing about the metaverse since 2012. In fact, he has a book coming out called Metaverse. I believe it's coming out in like July. It would be great if we could get him on your show. There you go. So he's had bylines and publications like New York Times and Wall Street Journal, The Atlantic and Washington Post. He's even been on CNN. The list goes on and on. And he wrote about the framework for the metaverse and its attributes. So Matthew Ball outlined seven core attributes to describe the metaverse and not define it. Much like the principles of Burning Man, describe what it means, be a burner, but doesn't define us. So this will answer your question. The first attribute that he laid out was that it must be persistent. Now, it's like Altspace. There's never an end, it doesn't reset, you can't pause it. It's just continually going. It's indefinite. The metaverse needs to be persistent so the community can participate on it because they with it in its own terms. So that aligns with participation. Our community is committed to radically participatory ethic. Participation leads to transformational change. So we achieve being through doing. Now, another one of his attributes is that it will be synchronous and live. So even though there will be pre-scheduled events and self-contained events will happen just as they do in real life, just as they do here in alt space, the metaverse will be a living experience that exists consistently for everyone in real time. Well, that absolutely matches up with immediacy because the immediate experiences and in many ways is the most important touchstone of value within our culture. It's our be here now. Now, the interesting uh, tidbit is that immediacy almost wasn't one of the principles. Larry Harvey wrote nine and uh, lots of people in the community were like, can't you just make it 10? Just a nice round number, not nine. And he went and he thought about it and he realized immediacy was missing. And it is now one of our most valuable touchstones. So Matthew also said that it will be without a cap to concurrent users while also providing each user an individual sense of presence that everyone can be a part of the metaverse and participate in a specific event or place or activity all at the same time, all with individual agency. That is radical inclusion. 
Anyone can be a part of our community and we welcome and respect the stranger. There are no prerequisites that exist for participation in this community. Now he also identified that, you know, we need to have a fully functioning economy. Individuals and businesses need to be able to create, own, invest, sell, and be rewarded for an incredibly wide range of work that produces value. And that is recognized by others. In the Burning Man culture, our economy is gifting and decommodification. Our, commodity, our community is devoted to acts of giving. The value of a gift is unconditional. and Gifting does not contemplate a return or exchange for something of equal value. And decommodification, complicated word. In order to preserve the spirit of gifting, our community seeks to create social environments that are unmediated by commercial sponsorships, transactions, or advertising. We protect our culture from such exploitation and we resist the substitution of consumption for participatory experience. In other words, don't sell your soul for the expectation of reciprocity. Now, we gotta make a living. Everyone's gotta make a living. So how does that look in the metaverse and how does that translate? Decommodified spaces. Not every space needs to be decommodified. You still wanna sell tickets to a show or have a community membership. But what about public parks? You know, what about state parks, national parks? Those are the, the city square, your Zocalo, your plaza, places where the community can come on equal footing and gather and share conversation and share ideas and share art. Doesn't have to be for sale. So I also want to point out something really interesting, little segue. The principles are all action words. They're ING things that you do or duocracy. The attributes are states of being, be persistent, be synchronous, be an economy. We achieve being through doing. We can achieve these attributes by doing these principles. So I got two more attributes left. He said that it should be an experience that spans both the digital and physical worlds. So this is gonna answer this question. It's private, public networks and experiences that are open and closed platforms. So it spans both the digital and physical world. And that leads into leaving no trace. Our community respects the environment and this experience spans both the digital and physical worlds. So we need to respect them both. We need to pay attention to our environmental impact while we're creating the metaverse. Because you know what? It won't exist if we don't have our beautiful environment. We won't exist. So it's important to maintain that uh, uh, conscious awareness of our effects. Number six is that will offer unprecedented interoperability. Now that's a key word, interoperability of data, digital items, assets, content, across all these experiences that I can go from here to 
VR chat to Horizon, just hop cleanly between them and, and take my persona with me. So that feeds into communal effort because our community values creative cooperation and collaboration and the metaverse needs all of us to put forth the greatest communal effort and create something with a strong foundational fabric. And lastly, that it will be populated by content and experiences created and operated by an incredibly wide range of contributors. Everyone can contribute. Everyone can express themselves. Some of whom will be independent individuals while others will be informally organized groups or commercially focused enterprises. And that feeds into radical self-reliance and radical self-expression. See, our community encourages the individual to discover, exercise, and rely on their inner resources. And you need to create a place where the community is encouraged to be self-reliant. And radical self-expression arises from the unique gifts of the individual. We all have something to offer to the metaverse. No one other person than the individual or the collaborating group can determine the content. It is offered as a gift to others. And in the spirit, the giver should respect the rights and liberties of the recipient. So give them the tools and the freedom to create. And I see so many people doing that with creating all these kits and then sharing them and helping people learn how to uh, build on various different programs, whether it be Unity or Blender or, oh my God, there's so many, I can't just go down the list right now. Tools. So now I've named off the seven and I've gotten nine principles and there's one more left. Civic responsibility, how does that fit? Well, it's all of our civic responsibility to all of humankind who will be participating in the metaverse, the digital and the physical. We can consciously create the metaverse to uplift society, to evolve into humanity. Human beings coming together with compassion and kindness for the greater good. I think the principles of Burning Man make it even easier to describe what it means to be a humane being in the metaverse. So does that sound like a pretty cool metaverse to you? By the way, I love every single person in that photo. Those are the greatest team that came together to make BRCVR happen. And I'm just, mm, so much love right there. Feel, I, I see Kaz and Nira and Shushu and uh, Nico and, uh, there's mm-hmm. a, and there's Othello, uh, a lot of great uh, talented folks up there. Of course, in the middle yep. of them all, Antithita. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great group. Uh, there's Doug as well. Uh, there's Doug and Yunji. There's Yunji and uh, a Roberto. And oh my God, there's Marshmallow up there and Alan's on there. Yeah. Ender and Paul and Sarah and I can name them all. I can go through the whole the whole thing. Uh, Lindsay's on there. She's here in the audience. What happened to her hands? Hey, 
as you're talking about this. And what, what seems important to me is that we are sort of all pioneers in this brand new world that's just being created and invented. And we are the ones who can actualize and define that world. And we can create the parameters that we want to exist in that world. So this is really yes. a time where we're shaping a new era and a, a new reality. And so I love the ideas of, of, of taking all of these incredible Burning Man ideas and sort of trying to find a way to make them manifest in this virtual space. I think that's such an important mission. And we're at a critical juncture, we're at a time when it's really important that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. Yes, it needs to fall into our hands. We are responsible for the metaverse, not just one company or, or one group of companies. It's really us. We have the opportunity to, to shape the metaverse as, as what we want it to be. I see Bad With Names has a question. All right, here's my question to you, Auntie Athena. I had such a good time at Burning Man 2020 in BRC VR, and then I got a van and I started traveling around the country for all of last year and I missed it. Next time I'll take my headset with me and I missed it. <laughs> and I'm just wondering how you would contrast what happened in 2021 when I wasn't there with what happened in 2020. How did it stack up? And I'll meet myself. Oh my gosh. Um, we learned a lot from 2020 and we were able to apply what we learned in 2021. And then we learned a lot in 2021. Um, I would say that 2020 was the year of just helping people get on the platform. It was the year of um, teaching people the tools that they need to create the art that they want to create. Year two was helping the event creators, the event producers create events. So we had um, a lot of worlds. We had over 200 worlds participating. We had 150 worlds in 2020. We had over 200 in 2021. Um, we had 1,500 hours of programming in 2020, and we had 3,500 hours of programming in 2021. And we learned you can have too much. Jesus, there weren't enough people on the playa to on the digital playa to fully fill in all those events. We also had a lot of fun creating hub worlds, creating these zones, because Burning Man in 2020, Virtual Burn, we had one art piece or one theme camp in their own world. And it kind of made sense, but Burning Man isn't like that. It's not, you're not alone on the Esplanade. You have your neighbor camp on one side and your neighbor camp on the other side and this art project over here and this art car over there. And it makes this zone of experience. And so Doug came up with these great ideas of creating zone worlds. And that was something that was very different for 2021. Uh, we had uh, 13, 14, 15 different zone worlds that were like different little pocket experiences that you would have on the Black Rock Desert. We also had all the men. So this was very much a museum piece where you could experience all 35 years of the men that were created for Burning Man all the way back to 1986, as well as all the temples. The temple started in 2000, and so we had all the way up to 2020 in the museum and then the 2021 temple. Uh, so all the temples were present, and it was a way to um, experience 
the lineage and the um, history of uh, Burning Man through the temples and through the men. So that was the difference. Um, and I know the next question is going to be, what's going to be different this year? <laughs> right? Is that the next question? What are we going to do this year? Should I just go ahead and answer that question? Absolutely. It's right here, folks. Exclusive on Simulation Nation. Antithena is revealing 2022's Burning Man. <laughs> We have a very great project. So the physical burn is happening. It is going to happen in the Black Rock Desert. And we have an art project that we are going to bring called Within the Window, which brings the digital burners together with the physical burners. You will be able to have a somewhat uh, teleported experience onto the physical playa and the people on the physical playa will be able to be there with you at the window where you will meet and be able to talk to them and communicate and and have this experience um it's super difficult <laughs> the technology is crazy complicated because we are in the middle of nowhere it's not like we're like sitting in los angeles with 5g so uh, we got a lot of technologic technology people that are helping us uh, bring this to light. Um, and our goal is to bring as many burners together into one global conversation. Um, in doing that, that also means that a lot of us are going to be on the playa. So we will have some worlds going on while burning. However, that also means that we're not going to have this massive event with 200 worlds and you know thousands of hours we're going to shift the virtual burn into november so the large scale virtual burn you have time you build your worlds that you want to present for the virtual burn will be sometime in november and a lot of the art that's going to be physically on the playa will also be part we're going to do a slight digital twin of the experience, and you will be able to experience all of that in uh, November when we can all come together. And uh, a lot of people like to take vacations during Labor Day weekend, and we don't want to take that away from you. Wow. Sounds pretty amazing. I, I have so many questions, but I don't know how much you're able to give away. But I remember when Doug was on our stage back at the 2021 Burning Man. He was talking about how this mesh technology going to be able to stream people in here that are photo real or, and then we are going to be avatar. Does it have something to do with that? Are you able to have some kind of something presence on the playa that will then put photo real people into the virtual burn or is that thinking too far ahead? That's a we will try. <laughs> that's, a, that's very difficult. Um, probably not live. Possibly in a way of uh, capturing them on Playa and then presenting them in November. Um, live is just really difficult uh, because of the connectivity being so poor on the Playa. Of course. Yes, you could have a, yeah, I, I, I don't want to give away. I'm just trying to think like you could have a live stream of somebody in here and then a live stream out there. And then maybe that way there'll be a little bit of a delay. You could at least have two 2D experiences with each other, something like that. We're gonna try oh, wait, that. I can't wait. Oh, that is the window. That is that is that is step one. My ultimate goal, my future trip, my crazy, crazy future trip that everybody thinks I'm insane, but they everyone wants to see it. 
this is probably five, maybe 10 years out, is that everyone can be together on the playa, no matter where you are in the world. That someday we will be able to have uh, you in a, an AR situation where right. maybe you're sitting at Steampunk Saloon on the playa, sipping a cocktail, uh, and I have AR glasses on, and I look over, and uh, somebody who's in the VR Steampunk Saloon is sitting right next to me. Right. And we can clink glasses and have a conversation and share ideas. And Burning Man is limited by location-based audience size and always will be. It's the size of the roads. It's how many porta potties we can take out there. It's environmental impact. It's the, it's the um, emergency services. But there's 3 million people that want to go and only 80,000 people every year get to. So this is a way that we can have the 3 million people all together is that we'll be doing it with AR, with VR, with physical, digital. That is truly the promise of the metaverse. But yeah, not right now. Absolutely. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. Um, baby steps, baby anyone steps. Else, yeah, anyone else have any thoughts or questions for Athena? Um, I'm sure there's a, a whole bunch. Um, yeah, it's 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 you know it's it's interesting. It's it's just going back to what you were talking about before with all of the the principles of Burning Man and you know, all of these conundrums that we're having in the virtual space that we wouldn't have even have thought be the case. Like you were talking about, how wouldn't it be great to have all these communal spaces? And then of course, all space just took away our communal space, the campfire space, because of just um, things that we wouldn't have even imagined being issues. Uh, things that this is what pioneers have to deal with. You have to deal with things that you face something that uh, an obstacle that you didn't even know was there and we have to find a way around it. And you know, hopefully the, you know, I don't, hopefully Burning Man's ideas and principles can bring, um, I don't know, some kind of <laughs> solutions for these hu very human problems. No matter where you are, we're still human. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, creating these public parks, they're definitely needed. You know, the our public park, the campfire was taken away and it was really hard. It was really hard for a lot of people. So we just need to create that next public park, that decommodified space where we can all gather safely and and be together in in this space and have that synchronistic meeting of new people. And that's what the campfire gave us. We just have to create something else. I think in Altspace, this is my opinion, not speaking for Altspace. I think Altspace in taking away the campfire actually gave us an opportunity. It was an opportunity for us to think differently and not just rely on Altspace, but to create our own spaces. I mean, that's what we did with BRCVR. Maybe one of those spaces could be the new campfire could be the new place that everyone just sort of goes to to meet new people. Uh, we just need to create that for ourselves. And I believe we have the tools to do it. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and the other, you know, the other one that's a, that's a tricky one is that you, you touched on it, the commodification one, because we, like you said, we aren't yet in a post-scarce world. We don't yet live in a utopia where we don't need to pay the bills and keep the electricity running so that our headsets can run and get the, get the best new headset that's going to cost a certain amount of money. You know, it all, it all costs money. And so uh, finding a way to, um, you know, it's like, it's like, call it Web3, right? And so Web1 was wide open. Web 2 started to become insulated in Facebook and, you know, these different kind of uh, siloed places. And I just have to hope that that doesn't happen again. Now, we've talked about it on this show before, but it's you know, having that central space where we can go and meet and talk and learn without having to pay somebody or some service like Facebook or Microsoft or whoever to be in that space, but to have it be a public good almost like a utility, a, a public utility, uh, being able to to forge that kind of uh, a metaverse would be extremely valuable, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's our public parks. You know, every time you go to any major city, there's some big public park that has no advertising, no sponsorships. The city itself maintains it. It's part of their budget. And they do it so that the citizens of that city and visitors, everybody can come together, um, have organic meetings, and uh, enjoy the space. Um, in, uh, in certain places, they have plazas, zocalos, where there's a, a beautiful piece of art, a monolith, something for everybody to enjoy and sit around and inspire conversation. And those spaces we need to create here in the metaverse. And it's easier doing it in like uh, you know four blocks in the middle of a city or having a huge span of land where everybody can hike together. That's expensive and it's expensive to maintain. But if everyone that creates a commodified space also agreed to create a decommodified space, then we would have these gathering spaces that were free from all the sponsorships and the propaganda. You know, advertising has one purpose. They want to get you to buy something and they do it by telling you you're not good enough. They tell you you're missing something in your life and therefore you need to buy this thing or all your friends have it. And, and you don't, that's, that's what advertising does. I mean, that's, that's what every ad does. So being in a space that's free of that is so relaxing because you're perfect in that space. There's nothing wrong with you in that space. That's why people love Burning Man so much. There's no judgment. You get to be who you are. You get to radically express yourself. You get to work with other people in communal effort and participate you get to participate and maybe I, I worked on an art project and I learned how to weld and I didn't know anything about welding. I didn't need to have a license. I was working on this art project and they needed somebody to just sit there endlessly and do all these tack welds. So I learned and I did it and I got pretty good at it on that project. It, it, there was a communal effort and I got to participate in it. And in that, I was able to express myself and learn how to be more radically self-reliant. These principles all feed into each other. And I think it creates a strong fabric that this metaverse can flourish on. Absolutely. Well, that is a, a 
probably a great place to, to wrap it up. If anyone had any final thoughts, uh, this is your last chance. Um, I, I usually end by asking uh, what's next for you, but you've just talked a lot about what's next. You're working on a Burning Man 2022, uh, both virtual and real. Um, anything else you'd like to share or is that taking up most of your time? Uh, I, that, that's taking up most of our time. The other things uh, that we have going on, most of them are NDA. I can tell you about a really cool project that we're super excited about uh, bringing to the forefront is uh, we're working on uh, an A, it was an AR project we're bringing into VR called Brianna's Garden, which will be uh, for Brianna Taylor. And it will be uh, presented at South by Southwest. Uh, so we're very, very excited about that project. And for the longest time, we were NDA, but now we can talk about it uh, publicly. So um, uh, very excited to to bring that to the to the forefront. Sounds great. I I, I love Sutu's work. He's uh, the uh, Sutu is one of the artists in that who does a lot yes. of augmented reality stuff with NFTs. And I went to actually his gallery opening in LA a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's sort of involved uh, here, and I love Brianna Taylor's project uh, that he did there. I love his universe, and so that's really exciting. Congrats on that. Yeah, and and uh, um, so this is uh, inspired by that project, but it's a completely, completely uh, standalone on its own. Got it. Got it. Got it. Great. Cool. It's so funny. Um, I want to like so tell you more about it, but I, I actually can't tell you about the project. Just that we're doing the project. Absolutely. So you mentioned before your Instagram account, any other way that people can reach out to you if they want to be involved in RCVR or uh, Virtual Burning Man or any of your other projects? Um, if you want to get involved in BRCVR, just go to brcvr.org and send us an email. Um, uh, we'll be putting out the call for art. I don't know when, haven't really thought that far ahead. <laughs> well, we will. Uh, but if you get on our email list, we'll let you know about everything that's going on. We aren't just at the time of Burning Man. We do film festivals. We just had a film festival recently. We uh, do Friday night parties and gatherings. I do talks about the principles of Burning Man. Um, so we have a lot going on all year long. So get on our email list at brcvr.org. Um, and if you're interested in uh, having Big Rock Creative uh, help you out with your project and bring your community into the metaverse, please reach out to us at bigrockxr.com. Awesome. Great. Cool. Well, uh, it's been a real pleasure having you back on our stage, Athena. Hope to see you uh, once again. You're always uh, uh, you know, a friend of Simulation Nation. And so we just want to thank you one more time. We want to thank you for these wonderful tutus, tutus on Tutu Tutu Tuesday. Uh, Cause and Christy, thank you so much for this soft open of our world. Everyone else who's here. Uh, thank you for teleporting in to this worldcast uh, of Simulation Nation, whether you're with us in virtual reality, listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, watching Inglorious Technicolor on YouTube. Remember to subscribe to our Instagram at the Simulation Nation, Twitter at SimNationVR, and our Discord server. Then join us next week as we have our 12th World Builders of Alt Space series with Captain Jack Harrow. Till then, <laughs> my friends.